Brought to you by iLand, this is the Cloud Bytes podcast, where we've brought together a panel of opinionated cloud customers, providers, and analysts to discuss topics related to how clouds are built, marketed, and consumed. Everyone has different needs in the cloud, so we'll debate the topic at hand and at the very least, agree to disagree. Our goal is to provide you with good sound bites on how to manage your bytes in the cloud. And sometimes the best conclusion is simply that the cloud bites. This episode is going to be all about, well, the podcast itself. I'm Brian Knutson, cloud technologist for iLand, and will be acting as the moderator for today's discussion. This episode's panel includes a great group of people that have helped me prepare this upcoming podcast. So let's start with each of our panelists quickly introducing themselves with their current role in company and a soundbite of their initial thoughts about having yet another podcast about the cloud. Hi, my name is Jennifer Brenner, and I am the Chief Marketing Officer at Island. Um, and, you know, I think that one of the genesis or one of my reasons to support another yet another podcast about cloud is that came from a meeting that we had at Island recently where we were talking about um, some of the d- different core differentiators and, and key aspects that everybody talked about. You know, is our ca- cloud capable, flexible, reliant, resilient, accessible? Etc. And one of the things I said in the meeting, having been in this industry for like 20 years is, you know, that's what everybody says. So what does that really mean? And the team went back and, uh, you know, they did some research and they put together some customer stories. And I was actually really impressed with what they had to say and what that can mean. And so that was one of the things for me that was a genesis to hope, hoping that this would come to pass is to really dig in to each of those sort of attributes that are important to, um, you know, cloud customers and cloud users. So that's my hope is that we get to the needs of real companies and real people and talk about it in a real way that goes kind of beyond marketing hype. I'm Will Urban. I'm a cloud technologist at iLand. Over the last 20 years, I've done everything from professional services to rack and stack to um, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, I honestly think that another cloud podcast especially in the vein that we're doing right here is is going to be fun because you know like jen talked about you know there are different clouds for everything i mean if i talk to my wife and i say what does the cloud mean to you and she's like well that's where i put my pictures and that's where i watch my videos Uh, i talk to my developer friends and for them it's all about you know containerization and microservices i talk to you know my own team and it's all about virtualization and, and virtualized workloads and disaster recovery so i think when you say cloud it can mean so many things to so many people uh and both you know from a business perspective and a technology perspective you have to really know what you're looking for and what's out there. And I think that's pretty excited to, to kind of talk about that stuff. Yeah. Hey, so Matt Vogt and I work for a company called Amuta and we are a data management and governance platform uh, focused on privacy for the legal and ethical usage of data. And we are seeing a huge uptick in people move data analytics to the cloud. So my interests uh, for sure lie in that arena. Uh, and helping customers use the data that they have, especially the data that's in the cloud that's a little bit harder to control. But I grew up in the infrastructure world, similar to Will, the the rack and stack, network, build DCs, et cetera, and kind of new to this just software-only world. And one of the things that really interested me about this when Brian and I were talking about it was that uh, I just kind of had this thought, like there are lots of stories about the cloud. There are lots of success stories about the cloud. There are some hits and misses. There are some stumbles. I think there are some really interesting things to talk about in uh, people's cloud journey. 
that aren't just kind of the, the pie in the sky. And so I'm really interested to explore like actual people doing actual things uh, in the cloud, which includes stubbing some toes. All right. Well, thanks for, for having me on. My name is Eric Wright. I'm the technology evangelist at Turbonomic. I also lead uh, the technical marketing team along with uh, one of my great colleagues uh, over there. And uh, before I did that, uh, as technology evangelist is what we used to call it before they called it developer and ops advocacy. Uh, that's the old school term for it. So I've been there for five years. Literally, I just got a whole whole boatload of LinkedIn notifications telling me that I've been there for five years. So that's pretty cool. Uh, prior to that, I worked in the financial services industry as a systems architect for some of the more major international financial firms, which is pretty cool. So I've actually lived the real life before I started talking about stuff. Uh, I've been a blogger at discoposse.com for a long time, which has little to do with disco or posses, uh, but has a lot to do with technology and people and process. Uh, I'm Canadian, so I say process and project, so I apologize if I sound weird here. And I say about funny, apparently. Uh, but also, I'm a podcaster. I have, if you go to discopossepodcast.com, you can uh, get a hold of some of the stuff there. So I'm, it, it's been fun. And I've been a cloud enjoyer for many years. Uh, I even bet on OpenStack. So uh, it's like, hey, I believe that private cloud actually existed. Ask me anything. So I'm excited to kind of talk about when cloud is right, when it's not appropriate. And luckily, with my work at Turbonomic, uh, which is an application resource management platform, I'm doing a ton of stuff, which is public cloud, private cloud, containerization, and and really dancing the line across all types of infrastructure. Uh, so I've got a lot of data to back the crazy opinions that I bring. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Thank you all for joining me. So I'm starting a podcast for Ilan. And since I'm not one to do something halfway, I've planned out what I think is going to be a pretty cool experience for everyone. Jen and I have been working on the concept, like I said, for a couple of months now. The intention really is to have every episode be a meaningful conversation on a single topic with a small group of, of cloud practitioners and thought leaders. While I'm doing this as part of my job with iLAN, Jen kind of alluded to it, we're really looking to have a discussion about the cloud in general, not specifically about iLAN. This particular episode that we're recording right now is intended to be a bit of a preview of what the rest of the podcast will be like. So it'll probably be a bit meta, but hopefully it'll give everyone a good impression of what subsequent episodes will be about and act almost like a, a trailer for, for the rest of the podcast. So let's go ahead and start by talking about what we're going to talk about. Uh, Jen, you've already kind of alluded to it a little bit, um, but we're going to plan the episodes out in a season format. So it'll be a common theme across that group of episodes. Um, but Jen, can you go a little bit deeper into what we're looking at for this this first season? Uh, you touched on it a bit in your introduction, but let's let's go a little bit deeper into into it. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that in what will make this podcast maybe different, I feel like a lot of the podcasts and other information I consume about the cloud and have been consuming over the years is more focused on, well, are we going to migrate or aren't we? Or are we moving to multi-cloud or are we not? It's all sort of focused on like a launch pad to the next thing. And I think what I love about this is it's like the real world of cloud. So I just dated myself there because remember in college, well, at least when I was in college, it was all about the real world. And uh, But what I love about this is that we are going to look into through these sort of the lens of these attributes that I mentioned before. And so just to go a little deeper on that, the attributes in this came from a conversation where we said, you know, what, what are the core 
sort of attributes of a successful cloud for any company. And those were, you know, capable, it needs to be flexible, it needs to be reliable, it needs to be resilient, it needs to be accessible, connected, global, supported, compatible, secure, and compliant. And I think within each of those, obviously, as we've already already alluded to in the uh, earlier in the episode, you know, there's a wide array of where real people land. And so, what I'm most excited about getting out of this podcast is that in each episode, and, and Brian sends some copious planning to make sure that we get to something that's real. But we'll talk about each of these attributes. What do they really mean? Where are people landing on the spectrum? What are the challenges that they face? in achieving these attributes and what does it take to have a complete cloud in the end or a complete cloud solution that actually moves the business forward. So that's sort of the vision that we had and how we're laying it out. Brian, you may want to add a little bit more from your perspective, but that's kind of uh, where we're headed. Yeah, definitely. And copious notes is, is kind of my style, but yeah. you know, I, I, <laughs> I want to have a well, well thought out approach to this, like I said, with the seasons approach having a common theme and having them all kind of tie together to have one story around them, which essentially becomes, you know, here's, here's the attributes that a cloud platform can have. And then in each episode, we'll discuss different attributes, you know, individual attributes in a bit more detail to figure out what, what that really means, what customers are really looking for. And, you know, sometimes it may end up being that for different customers, it means different things and that there's never one cloud for everybody, for every use case. That's definitely part of what I want to get out of these is, you know, there's going to be disagreement. There should be disagreement if, if I do this right. That just is inherent in the nature that not everybody needs the same thing. I think that the next, the next question actually addresses this, but, but really understanding, you know, that there are multiple different personalities and multiple different backgrounds. Like Matt talked about, you know, we come from infrastructure. And so, you know, we've been doing install ESX and install Windows and do vMotion. And what does that mean for us? And then you have other people who are building completely stateless machines in the cloud and, and running data processing and warehousing and stuff. And they, they look at things completely different. And so that's, that's a really cool idea for bringing those different types of uh, backgrounds together to kind of talk about what Jen was talking about. How does cloud address all of that stuff and, and where can you be successful? And I think another good thing that you brought up too, Will, is like, and, and what Jen brought up, how do we consume this service in a way that's appropriate and, and we have to figure out how are we doing it well? Because like five years ago, there was this kind of big cloud rush of people that put all this stuff in the cloud and, and their idea of like, I'm a word cloud first, meaning they had like four EC2 instances in US East one, and then it went down and then everybody got out. So we had this weird boomerang effect of people pulling stuff back because they realized they weren't ready to consume the cloud in the way that it needed to be consumed to be reliable, consistent, and all of those things. And so we all kind of as an industry learned a lesson because Amazon, by example, just said, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how we built it. Uh, so you didn't read the you didn't read the warning label. So we all read the warning label and now we're looking for ways to better consume it. And so much has happened. I don't know whether like tech led us to the process or the process was what will lead us to the tech, but you know, it's cloud as a practice is, is alive and well. And, and in fact, private cloud is probably one of the biggest things that we want out of it, which is kind of neat. For sure. Yeah. And you, and you touched on one of the things that I definitely want to get at is, and I kind of like the way you put it is the warning label on the cloud. Every cloud comes with its warning labels because they're designed to do certain things. 
and you know how you architect in AWS is probably going to be different than how you would architect on Island because they are different platforms. Yeah, no, I, th I think you know, one of the things that that uh, Eric just touched on, and I think it was earlier, is there was an early swing, and people were like, "Woohoo, this is this is great." And one of the reasons that I saw people kind of pendulum back, I live in Minneapolis and there's a few retailers at headquarters there. I was talking with one of them and they, they were talking about having being forced to repatriate because of competition from their cloud provider. And that was uh, an eye-opening statement for me. And that was early for me from what I thought, but they had this huge cloud first push. And now they're looking at, well, what kind of cloud do we have to consider now? Now that competition is part of our evaluation. Yeah, very true. So yet another podcast about the cloud. We're hoping to make this one a little bit different. So we decided to tackle the cloud in, an, in a little bit different way. One of my personal favorite podcasts is a panel-based political show called Left, Right, and Center. It's created by KCRW, which is, I think, an LA NPR affiliate. So I took inspiration from that. You know, NBC's Meet the Press had some play in here as well to create a format that allows discussion about the cloud in a way that allows a wide variety of perspectives on that single topic, be able to get all those different points of view. So Will, I'm interested in, in your thoughts to start with on the format and how you think those discussions could or will play out. Yeah, and I almost got a, a little bit ahead of myself uh, prior, but I, I think it I think it's a great format, especially for this, because there are so many different things. I mean, it's it's not like it's not like a car, right? Everybody knows what a car is. Everybody agrees what a car is. You know, cloud is just this ambiguous thing. Like, what does it do? You know, to Eric's point, what what are you consuming? What are you actually using? I mean, you look at like an Uber, or you look at like Amazon. You look at you know what we do, and and they're all completely different, and they're they in how they consume it and what they do and what they're offering to customers, how customers consume it, how they market it, how they deliver it. I mean, it, there's just so many things when it comes to cloud. So by having multiple personalities, both strong or, or not, uh, it's going to be important to see how they look at things. You know, when we talk about security. What does it security mean to us? What does it mean to somebody else? What does it mean to a CISO? What does it mean to just a normal administrator? So by having the, the multiple people um, with different points of view, I, I think it'll make it really strong. You know, the, the only downside, and I think you and I have talked about this, is just making sure that everybody gets wrangled in uh, and that it doesn't go too far off the, off the tracks. But I, I think you'll yeah. have a good time uh, doing that, no problem. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Maybe not heated discussion, but passionate discussion. Yeah, there's a big difference between the uh, meet the press and cable news segments where it's uh, you know, meant to be attention grabbing. But I think you'll get this like you've selected a good approach to it. And I love the, the episodic way of doing things and, and making it thematic. And I think that's why people love to listen now to this style. like conversational stuff that's wrapped around a theme and the will's point there like keeping it on track and in theme means that people kind of know what they're getting and that that makes them stick around you got smart people on and and me as as alongside them <laughs> i also think that you can um you could really relate usually you'll find one or two people in the panel that you relate to and you're like hey that person's going through the same thing as me and so i'm going to listen to what he says or i agree with him and so i'm going to kind of listen to him or her and, and what they talk about or you know you may be like i don't agree with any of these people but i understand what their what their viewpoint is and, and i can understand how they see it, uh, even if I disagree. So I think that's also important too. 
Yeah, I've had the experience multiple times of yelling in my car at a podcast that was <laughs> not quite going the way I thought it should and <laughs> totally disagreeing with whatever they have to be saying. Just don't show up on their doorstep because I don't think they like that. No, no, that's creepy. So, Matt, you originally suggested the name Cloud Bytes, which I clearly appreciate and, and took on as my own. I'm hoping that this format will be able to fit in well thought out discussions and actual sound bites into the 20 to 30 minute episode range. So I think the name plays really well in that way. Would you agree? What do you think about all that? And or do you just feel like the cloud really bites and you thought that was a good way to put it out there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I love a good pun. And yeah, yeah as, as you know, so I really liked what you were saying about the format, getting people who, you know, short episodes of people who are, are doing very specific things in the cloud and what they're looking for. So kind of these, these chunks, these sound bites, uh, and obviously technology in the bites. But then, like I alluded to earlier, I think I've seen a lot of people do some missteps in the cloud. It hasn't been what they thought it uh, was going to be. They didn't read the warning label, uh, as Eric puts it, and uh, it, it kind of bit them. And so I think I think there's going to be lots of discussions about the kind of fits and starts and, and toe stubbings. And uh, I think that's equally as important to hear as the successes, to feel like you're not alone when things don't go quite the way you want to when you have a cloud-first strategy. The second greatest thing to watch is a perfectly executed stunt. The greatest thing to watch <laughs> is a not quite perfectly executed stunt. And that's the same with cloud adoption or application stuff. It's like, I love the hero story of like, you know, or this beautiful, perfect picture of like, oh, we deployed and it was amazing. And it was an, an incredible experience and it just went smoothly. Like, no, 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 no. That's, that means that something hasn't gone wrong yet. When it does, you won't be ready versus the folks that can share the mild war story. And then you go, ooh, okay. And how did you get around that? That's the success story, really, not the thing that went beautifully from the start to the finish. When I was at HPE for that little bit, that was one storyline that was being toyed with was, you know, the cloud cliff. At some point, you have to deal with the reality of the cloud, and it's never quite as good as you envisioned it to be to begin with. And it ended up not turning into anything, but it was interesting thought process to go through because it kind of helped us to, in the end, outline where challenges are in the cloud and, and how to address those challenges, how to get there. So those are always the conversations I love the most, which is, you know, the cloud's a great thing, but you got to do it for the right reasons in the right way. So real quick, yeah. So I think Jen said something that dated her about the real world, but I think equally dating myself, uh, Reality Bytes was something uh, is equally popular and tying it to what you were saying, like we're not anti-cloud. Cloud is a reality. Uh, it can bite sometimes, but it's still our reality. Yeah, I agree. And and but I, I also and this is kind of a question I'm posing that kind of came up with what you guys were talking about. Do you think that's just because, like you said, we're dating ourselves? I mean, we've been doing technology for 20 plus years, and you know we're used to Windows and we're used to servers and we're used to networking. When someone comes along and they're you know they're they're 15 right now and they're going through all new classes, all all cloud first, and you know they they've never not known Gmail and they've never not known cloud storage and they're learning Kubernetes and all that stuff. Will it stink or bite as much for them as maybe for some of us who have been doing things a certain way for so long that for us, it's more about adapting. For them, it's just, oh yeah, that's the way it always gets done. That's a great question. I really appreciate that uh, that vantage point. 
So I think there is a lot of uh, reality to that. I mean, you think of kids growing up with with smartphones versus our parents having to adopt their first uh, their first smartphone, and just the the challenge there. There's probably a lot to that. Yeah, my kid will go up to the TV and swipe, and I'm like, no, no, it doesn't work that way. So, so I can only imagine what they're going to be doing in you know in 10, 15 years when when they're getting ready to go into the workforce. You know, for them, cloud may be, I mean, it may be the only thing, but it may be a certain way of just approaching things that we as you know, cold old stodgy uh, IT guys uh, just don't do because that's not how we were raised. Yeah, as somebody who has a three-year-old who knows how to hit the skip ad button the second that it comes up, I can say that the new generation is is raised in a different way. What was neat, though, I think I when I was working in an insurance company, we were like lots of like classic mainframe. We came from token ring. We were super old school and we could nerd out on that for like a couple of hours. We all have these war stories of this crazy old tech. And then somebody came in who had like went through a boot camp uh, for an MCSE. He was like straight at us at a school and he was like, why aren't you just using Active Directory? Yeah, this was 2003. Like there wasn't a whole, that wasn't really a legit thing at the time. And we all just kind of looked at him like, that's cute kid, you know? <laughs> and then the more he had, he kind of like dug into why we made those architectural decisions like we did, it was a merger of like, well, why aren't we using Active Directory? And so we took the old timers and made them think differently. We took the new kids on the block who had never seen the old school and like put them all in the same room. And then we all kind of get that empathy for why decisions were being made. And, and it's neat to bring those voices together. Uh, it'll be neat to see how it plays out. And that's why I love the panel you brought here, Brian. And, and Jen, like you talked about your time in the industry, you've been telling stories of tech and leading the industry on how people should be doing things and listening to the world you've probably got a whole host. We could do a whole show on that alone, just like how your view of the world is, has changed along the way. Oh, yeah. We've all been around long enough to have seen the people that were our age when we all started and how, oh, they're not pliable enough. They'll never learn these new things. We're going to tromp all over them. And the mainframe is going to go away in five years. I heard that my second job and it was insurance company and heavily based on the mainframe. And being a web developer at the time, working in more of the open system side of things, we were going to get rid of the mainframe. And it's just been in the last couple of years, I think, you know, 10 years after I left there, that they, I think, finally got rid of it. And that was mostly because they outsourced. So it, it's interesting how, you know, these new things we think are going to take over the world, but in the end, they don't completely. There's still room for the old school stuff. And, and some of the stuff that, you know, Matt, you were talking about were they run into problems are because they don't properly take into consideration how to integrate that old stuff or to properly replatform that old stuff. Right. Turns out Z-series sales are actually up. That's the amazing thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't you think that there's like a certain amount of context that comes from having grown up in technology? I mean, I sort of appreciate that um, on my side of the business that, you know, we sort of know why things are the way they are. So if you were raised up, Using Google Slides, do you know PowerPoint? No, you don't. <laughs> right? There's just like, yeah. you understand what whole horizon of options and possibilities, and sometimes having the context of having watched it, you know, evolve is really powerful. Context is huge, and that's I love that you brought that as a as a phrase, Jen, because that's it. Like great architects use context more than they use excitement of a new shiny thing. 
and bringing those mergers of the past and the present together. It's it's neat to watch people. I, I everybody's life in IT is pretty much like this, like the the play out of Full Metal Jacket. You know, it's we all start <laughs> off getting our heads shaved, and uh, you just get handed a gun, and and you don't know what to do, and then all of a sudden you find yourself leading the next class four years later. So it, it it's neat. It'll be neat to hear those stories played out in in the discussions here. Yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. Actually, it's you have no idea what you're getting into. You get thrown into the fire, and all of a sudden you're leading it a couple of years later. I think all of us probably had that experience early in our careers. I worked with a couple of Novell guys who were like Sergeant Hartman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to hear like, what would this podcast be five years from now when you have people or 10 years from now, when you have people who are, who grew up in IT of the cloud native application world, and that's all they knew. They grew up reading the warning labels on the cloud and knew what to do. And then what are they dealing with? What's their context in, in five years? Yeah. Yeah. Perspective is is a fascinating thing. And sometimes it's digging into it that brings forth insight. Let's transition to the last question um, I've got for you, Eric. You know, as a as a more experienced podcaster who has provided me with a ton of advice, which I thoroughly appreciate. I'm curious if you think there's room for yet another podcast and how you think our format and planned content will fit into the broader ecosystem of, of podcasts that are out there. Uh, it's a great question. And, you know, first, like, thank you for the kind words. The reason why I started my podcast was very simply that I would tell people about great conversations I had with folks in the industry that I was meeting at, at shows and, and out in the world and out in the community. And, and it was, I was lucky enough to have kind of put myself out there. And then a lot of people who maybe weren't out there that much were like, oh, I wish I was there. And that kind of spurred along my idea of like, well, what if I made that conversation publicly available? And that that's what brought my to my context for my podcast was just talking stories with people and, and sharing them. This is 100% going to be a, a podcast that goes into my subscription list because it's always good to get new voices. It is 100% appropriate to put a new podcast out there. There is literally like a Gutenberg style of revolution with podcasts, whereas blogging was here however many years ago. So as, as dead as blogging may appear to be, it's not. But as populated as podcasts are, there's absolutely room for more because you have an audience and everybody you bring on will have an audience that they will bring to it. And a good friend of all the folks here and a friend of mine, Chris Wall, uh, who I remember when I first started blogging and I was at VMworld and I was like, oh, dang it. I just read your, I was about to press publish on my post about one of the VMworld announcements. I was like, oh no, it looks a lot like yours. I use like the same images because we use the same like pre-roll content. And, and he said, then hit publish. He goes, it doesn't matter. He says, we may have some shared audience, but you you have a different audience and and it's still going to be your voice that's on it. And so this is like, Brian, I've been lucky enough to be in the industry and learn from you and the folks that you've introduced me to. I'm definitely going to be a listener and, and I recommend I'll, I'll bring people to to here to make sure that they they join you on that journey. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate that. The only thing I would offer advice is the stuff that you, you're already nailing down, which is like, find good folks, find good conversation topics, and be ready for a long haul. <laughs> and it's, people think they're like, oh, it's easy. I'll turn on the recorder and I'm going to be a podcaster. Oh boy. It's just like every year we used to do, I used to do a thing called 30 and 30. It was 30 blogs for 30 days in October. 
or in November rather. And people would always be like, yeah, I'm all in. Oh boy, by by about the 11th of the month, the wheels come off the bus. Said that long? Yeah, that's right. And in podcasting, it kind of goes the same way. But you've you've I believe you've taken the very good measured approach. You know how to set your own limits and what you're trying to accomplish. And using that goal to derive the outcome is is what I really appreciate about other than folks just saying, Hey, I'm a podcaster now, come check it out. And then all of a sudden it's seven months between podcasts. I've I've been toying with the idea of of podcasting for quite a while and you're hitting on a lot of the things that have always made me I'm at the track in my car. I've got the shoes. I need to start practicing for that marathon. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to have the stamina to go all the way with this. So why even bother starting? And just never really had the push to do it until until Jen approached me on this and we started talking about it. And I said, you know what? I've got the push I need there. I've got the support I need. Let's let's do it. And part of the advice was get a solid number of episodes out there and then it becomes somewhat self-sustaining. That's why I like the episode season type approach because, you know, I've planned out over 20 episodes at this point that I think will be pretty easy to nail down. And then that season is over and then we can look at season two and make adjustments. My wife has been watching Jeopardy on Netflix and rather than every single episode, they have them in different collections. And the collection she's been watching most recently is the first episode of every season. And so it's really fascinating to watch. Each episode jumps a year and you see how they change the format. And I like that concept of I've got a built in natural place to say, let's reevaluate and decide if we need to make a change here or change there and, and make tweaks along the way to keep it interesting and relevant as we go along. Something I would add to that and something I didn't tell you when you put this together and started working on the premise with me is that in addition to making it something that's very real and very fact-based, one of the things that I saw is that, you know, you're going to add a special level of like existential flourish to it. So, you know, one of the lines that Brian put in his initial sort of premise when he was talking about people being connected was, if data can't be accessed, does it even exist? And when I read that line, I was like, yes, I'm in for this project. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, I think that's something to sort of look forward to and keep in mind is like, it's all about being real, but then like, let's take a step back and look at the strategic, you know, broader, universal human question. And I love this point. A lot of people listening to the going like, it's premises. Oh, no, it is. No, no, she's, she's, she's right. right. She's right. Correct usage. <laughs> 10 points. <laughs> Cool. Well, I appreciate appreciate all those thoughts. I think we'll we'll go ahead and close out. Overall, I'm hearing loud and clear that this isn't a wasted effort on my part, so I appreciate that definitely. I definitely was aiming for a different format, a different kind of approach to it. So I really appreciate your guys' thoughts on on that and kind of supporting my my theory that there's room for a different way of of looking at things. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's you know, it's an opportunity for me to learn, it's an opportunity for for everyone else to learn. So I'm I'm excited for it. I think it's it's got some sane power. I hope we get to that point where five years from now, I'm having people that grew up cloud native from the very beginning on to talk about their perspective of how infrastructure as a service works and how that might differentiate. So hopefully we're still around having that conversation in season five, season six. Um, with that, let's finish off this episode of the Cloud Bytes podcast. Thank you to Jen, Will, Matt, and Eric for a great conversation. Also, thanks to Island for making this podcast possible. Please check out the episode notes, panelists, contact information, and more information about the cloud and all of the other episodes at thecloudbytespodcast.com. You can find our episodes on your favorite podcast apps. If you found this content useful, we'd appreciate you rating us on your favorite podcast platforms. And thanks for joining us.